0: For joining me for this episode of the Micronellis Show. If you are enjoying my podcast, would you share it with a friend? Subscribe to it on sites like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. And don't forget to rate it and review it. So today we're talking about fear, and I've been on this topic because. I've been observing in the world around me various instances where people have opportunities, yet they do not pursue them because of fear. So in my last episode, which I recommend you listen to, I talked about getting in your own way. But today we're going to talk about fear. Fear. What, what, what is fear? Well, fear, someone said fear is false evidence appearing real. Someone said that fear is a a mile, how do they put it? Uh, It is paper thin and an inch, paper thin and an inch deep. So as soon as you poke fear, you automatically puncture it, you make a hole in it. Someone said, do what you fear and the death of fear is certain. There are different ways of putting it, but they all mean the same thing. They boil down to this that you must embrace your fears. By embracing them, I do not mean that you welcome them into your life. I am talking about recognizing their presence in your life. You've got to understand that just like many things are not going to go away, no matter how much you worry about them, No matter how much you dread them, no matter how much you even you even hate them, they're not going to go away. No matter how much you work and fight and argue, they're just not going to go away. And one of those things is fear. In the movie A Beautiful Mind, which I recommend that you watch because it's very enlightening, especially on this topic, Russell Crowe portrays a gentleman whose name escapes me at the moment, yet he is brilliant. He is a brilliant, brilliant professor, brilliant mind, yet he sees things that aren't really there. We call them hallucinations. So during the course of the movies based on a true story, we see that those things turn out to be false. They turn out just to be figments of his imagination. They turn out to be not really there. The people and the episodes that he is imagining are not real. And we see that he learns to live with those hallucinations. He learns that even though he thinks that they're real and even though he is convinced that they're real and even though he lives his life with the awareness that those people and episodes are happening around him he learns how to tune those voices those episodes and those people out through busying himself with productive activities and this Thing that many people do not recognize they don 't embrace this concept, they tend to ignore the concept that if I just do things, if I just provide value to the world, if I engage myself in productive activity, then the things that I fear rarely, if ever happen. so let me draw a distinction because what I am not saying is. To just run out into the middle of a busy highway blindfolded during rush hour traffic. I am not saying that whatsoever because there is a healthy form of fear that prevents us from danger and disaster. That keeps us alive, that keeps us away from harm as much as possible, and keeps us centered and grounded. So, when you embrace that kind of fear, then you are a well-rounded individual because you understand that you can't be reckless. Okay, What, what is recklessness? Well, it's doing things just for the sake of doing them. If you're not a stunt devil, if you're not an acrobat, then you probably don't want to be jumping off of buildings and doing somersaults from uh, platforms that are 20 feet in the air. It's just not a good idea. Whereas those experts, those professionals, they practice for days, months, and even years on end to perfect their craft and still accidents happen, yet they are highly trained in those activities. So do those things that you are trained in, that you are, that you are skilled at. Don't, don't go jumping off of buildings or out of airplanes unless you are trained by somebody, an expert preferably. So there's a, a healthy form of fear that keeps us out of harm's way. Yet there's an unhealthy form of fear that is totally mind-boggling to most people because they, we tend to be creatures of habit. And these types of fears keep us in a box. It's not that the things that we are concerned about will actually ever happen. It's just that we are we have convinced ourselves that those things will happen And as a result, we put ourselves into a box. We take the same route to work or school. We do the same things every day. And we do not venture outside of our comfort zone. Somebody said that your greatest breakthrough lies at the other side of your comfort zone. And I agree. Because if you're not stretching yourself, it doesn't have to be every day either. If you're not, Regularly stretching yourself It could be weekly It could even be monthly To do things that are outside of your comfort zone That are outside of the norm That even stretch you a little bit That cause you a little bit of discomfort In a good way Not pain, not harm But a, a form of pressure Then you're not growing as a person You're not maturing You're not evolving, so to speak As a person And it's important that you that we embrace the concept of growth of growth i remember i don't remember which class it was but i remember learning about two types of stress that ties into our talk today there's eustress eustress is a healthy form of stress so that's i've got to get this project done to make the client happy so that way, I can collect the nice paycheck. Okay, the the nice, uh, the the nice rest of the balance that the client owes me for the project. That's a healthy form of pressure. A, a pitcher coming into the game in the ninth inning, his team up by two runs, bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth. That's a healthy form of stress. Th- these things involve pressure-packed situations that require us to step up our game, to elevate our efforts that's eustress now distress that's an unhealthy form of stress because that's the worry stress that's the one that gets us to curl up in a fetal position in the corner and hope for the best i heard somebody say hope is not a strategy and the thing about distress is because it's so unhealthy it causes us to focus inward you notice that new stress fo- focuses outward on others, on uh, on satisfying others, on taking care of others. Whereas this form of stress, distress, it causes us to look inward. It, it causes us to take our eyes off of others and to focus only on ourselves and upon something that most likely will not even happen. So you and I, We know people who are deathly afraid of heights, and they may extend this fear of heights to flying in airplanes. Yet when you study the numbers, the, the hard facts and figures over the last 50 years or so, you will find that the death rate, that the odds of you dying in a plane crash are not even worth mentioning. They're not even worth bringing into the conversation. You're more likely to get run over by a drunk driver just crossing the street than you are to die in a plane crash. So when they carry this unhealthy level of stress, distress, over to a concept of heights, then it becomes unhealthy and it causes us to just focus on ourselves. And so this is what. It boils down to do you want to provide value to the world because when you are providing value to the world it requires you getting out of yourself you can't strictly be focused on yourself and provide value to the world it doesn't work like that to provide value to others you've got to serve others you've got to go out of your way to invite others into your sphere of influence and to do that requires some degree of stress. that's right, some degree of healthy levels of stress. Am I telling you to get rid of all stress? No, I'm not. I am telling you to get rid of the wrong types of stress, the wrong types of worry, the wrong types of fears in your life. And these things can be rid of by applying some strategies, some principles that have stood me in good stead, especially in the most recent past in my business and also my personal life. One of those things is to offload things that you do not enjoy. That's right. So if you do not enjoy doing paperwork, then have your assistant do the paperwork and guide her as she does said paperwork. If you do not enjoy making follow-up phone calls, then have your assistant make said follow-up phone calls and coach her and guide her and course correct her along the way. If you do not enjoy making cold calls, then have somebody else do it. If you do not enjoy emailing and following up with proposals, then have somebody else do it. But make sure that you coach those people or whoever it is you delegate those tasks to. So there's delegation. Another option is automation. So there are options to automate our text messages. There are options to automate our emails. There are options to automate pretty much everything nowadays. So another option is automate. Perhaps you look at technology and embrace certain technologies to make your life easier. So that way you're not constantly having to churn out Through manual labor and manual effort from yourself, you're not having to churn out all these new bits of content or bits of work. You could just set it and forget it. Another option is just to eliminate it. As in, maybe it needs to be done, but not by you. As in automation and delegation, maybe it just doesn't need to be done at all. There are some things that just don't need to be done. Perhaps you are running around like a chicken with your head cut off, doing all these things, whirring and hurrying here, here, there, and yon, and you are simply running around. In a hurry, but you're not productive. See, there's activity and there's productivity, and many, many people are just running around in circles and hoping that that leads to productivity. That doesn't, my friend. You've got to be productive. You've got to do things that actually move the ball in your life, in your business, in your family, in your health, in your in your faith. You've got to do the things that actually move the ball down the field, so to speak. You cannot allow yourself to be trapped into doing the things that you don't need to do, don't need to be done by you, or just don't need to be done at all. You've got to recognize that not everything is necessary, that some things are unnecessary, some things just do not need to be done, period. Period. And perhaps you make a list today of things that you don't do, things that you delegate and things that you automate. You can find things. I can guarantee you, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you are a busy supervisor, you can definitely find things that are your little pet projects that you say that you derive satisfaction from that you don't need to be doing. And I've heard people say, especially entrepreneurs, we're the worst who say, oh yeah, I like to do it because it calms me, it centers me, it comforts me. I'm like, uh, you ever heard of taking a nap? That's what calms me, that's what comforts me, that's what centers me. Uh, you, you ever heard of uh, you know, going for a coffee break? That's what calms me, centers me, comforts me. You, you ever heard of watching a good movie or reading a good book? That calms me, that centers me, that comforts me. Uh, but what doesn't call me what doesn't center me is just uh, is doing things that I don't need to be doing because here's what I've found from my painful experience all right so I've got I've got every I've made every mistake in the book guys so I, I don't pretend or even venture to say that I've got it all together or I know all the answers or that I'm it okay? I don't say that by any stretch of the imagination. If When you see people, when you see successful people, why are they successful? Because they've made more mistakes than others, yet they have learned from those mistakes. And so when you see those people and they're successful and they've reached, they've achieved something that you have yet to achieve, that you only hope to achieve, then you know that they made a whole lot of mistakes along the way. You know that they have tried, failed, and have skinned knees, bumped their heads, and they have just goofed up on so many occasions that it's not even funny. If you knew all the mistakes that they made, you would just cry because you know that those people goofed up beyond comprehension. And so when you see the those successful people, we tend to envy them and we tend to think, well, you know, I... I want to be like those guys because they've got it all together, yeah, they're further ahead than you are for sure, but that's only because they have embraced the learning curve and they have understood that there's different that there's healthy types of stress and then there's unhealthy types of stress, and they have embraced the healthy types of stress as much as possible and eliminated, delegated, or automated as many tasks as possible, and that's what I hope and wish for you is that you wrap your head around the idea that you can prosper even with worries, even with fears, even with limitations of different shapes, sorts and sizes. You can prosper. You don't need to do it all. You don't need to be it all. You don't need to always be the one who is who takes charge of those menial tasks. You can be successful in spite of limitations that hold you back and if you enjoyed today's episode would you rate it subscribe to it share it with a friend and if you need our help then reach out to us 916-509-3553 that's 916-509-3553 or online at sacramentotaxresolution.com until next time This is Mike Ornelas signing off and hoping you live less taxing.